one, two, three. He counts down from three, not from one, so it's already a little different. Oh. It's disgusting. Well, I, I, it's, uh... it's, unli- it's already unlistenable, Mark. Sorry. I just I just launched my spaceship into the ground. Yeah, um, already. Yo, dude, just like Musk, you see that? You see that? Uh, you see that rocket land <laughs> yeah. this week? Hey, hey, it stuck the landing, then blew up. The I I saw a video of it like coming out from like space to land, and I was like, that damn thing is sideways. That that fucker yeah. is not landing. And then it did, and I was like, that's pretty badass. And then it was like, what, was it 10 minutes later it exploded? Something crazy like that? And then it's like, everybody get the fuck off. We're going to explode. Insane. <laughs> you know, and they, they count that as a... Uh, That's a success? As a success. Shit, yeah. I wish my life was like... Yeah, man. <laughs> my life is a roaring success by Elon Musk's standards, let me tell you. <laughs> the shit, billionaire I, said my shit was non-explodable, yeah, so let's go. I am playing the lottery. <laughs> all right so this is streaming strangers working title the premise here is two guys who really don't know each other very well very casually uh we're gonna watch the same movie or show like we are this week and, and then talk about it the fun part to yeah. me here is that i know very little about mark's interests other than very broad strokes from i think this is this our second conversation this is our first conversation just the two of us Right. Yeah, this is our first one v one conversation. That's right. Yeah, we we recorded with Jeff once, the three of us. Yeah. So this is very new territory for the two of us. Um, so let's just get into it. We we spent the last nine weeks watching Wandavision, and it finally ended today for us. So we're literally recording this in the evening after it's been out. And so I, I think we both have a lot of thoughts. But before we really get to the show, tell me, Mark, tell me about your. Uh, relationship with the Marvel movies or even comics or, or lack of. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my comic book, I did a lot of comic book reading back in the late nineties, early two thousands when I was in middle school, high school. Okay. And, um, you know, I, after school watching, you know, the animated Spider-Man series, of course, the Batman's, uh, the Batman, right, X-Men. Oh, and, of course. Yeah, no, it, you know, and instantly when your mind goes to those shows, you think of the, the theme songs. But um, my my comic book reading stopped after that. Okay. Um, and I, I, I didn't really get back into comics or, and to say the comic book movie existed before the MCU is kind of half-assed um just simply because you know fox had a stranglehold on on comic or the the artist formerly known as fox had had the stranglehold on the a comic book film universe it wasn't even a universe it was just it was just fox making a bunch of x-men movies well yeah and and then they had the spider-man stuff and then you had the batman (sighs) stuff right i mean Comic book movies to me were always like when I was young, young were the Batman stuff. I mean, eighty nine Batman was a pretty big staple in my life. I was born in eighty seven, so I enjoyed Batman as a young kid, growing up pretty hardcore. Yeah, the I mean, Jack Nicholson's Joker was the yeah. pinnacle. He, I mean, he was he was time. the dude across all all villains oh, for yeah. 
probably a decade and a half. Well, until and, until Heath, right? Until you get Heath, who replaces him. With well, the same no, character. I mean it's just you know just villains in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, in 1989, I mean, he had Batman Returns, which didn't really have iconic villains like no, but Batman. I'll tell you did. what, Michelle Pfeiffer did it for me. Oh yeah, she was hot. Oh, anyway, not to be that, not to be that podcast. But no, dude. but but hey, as an as an older lady now, she can still get it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that Mark will be getting the heat here. You can uh, tag Mark uh, hashtag. <laughs> So are you one of those guys? I I was one of those guys. I mean, I watched the first Iron Man movie in theater. I I there's only been a couple of Marvel movies I have not seen in theaters. I haven't seen either Ant Man movies in theaters, and that's just because the timing was bad. And I didn't see Thor two in theaters. Those are the only three Marvel movies I have not seen in theaters opening weekend or right after. Well, most most Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. Uh, don't acknowledge Thor 2. Oh, as they um, shouldn't. Thor 2, and I, I can't believe I dodged that bullet of paying money to see it because it was yeah. a travesty. No, 100%. It, it, I mean, it's trash. But uh, I I don't... There's been a handful of Marvel Mar- MCU movies that I haven't seen in theaters. Okay. Uh, but going... But, but going and I, I was I guess one of the rare ones that went to see Ant Man in theaters, but uh, that's because I'm a big. Um, damn, his name just escaped. Paul Rudd. Yes, Paul Rudd. Michael Douglas. Um, You're a big Michael Douglas fan. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the de-aged greed, greed Michael is, Douglas. Greed is good. <laughs> but I'm a big Paul Rudd fan, so. Um, you know, uh, me and my wife went and saw that film when it came out. But you know, m- most MCU films in the past seven years or so, I've seen. I've seen in theaters. Yeah, and I, I enjoy almost all of them. There's some that I enjoy more than others, but overall, I, I, they're always an enjoyable experience. I'm never, uh, I never leave going, going. Man, I really wish I didn't spend money on this. No, I mean, they're, they're, I mean. <laughs> Since Disney purchased Marvel, uh, it's pretty much been a spectacle every time an MCU movie has been released. Yeah, I think so, too. So, if anything, you're getting your money's worth as far as entertainment value goes, uh, regardless of if they're quote-unquote good movies or uh, if they have good pacing or writing or acting, whatever it is. uh, You're getting entertainment out of them. You're not going to go in an MCU movie now and be like, it's not going to be Iron Man three. All right, right. Um, yeah, even though I liked Iron Man three, Iron Man three was uh, I, I thought was a, I say Iron was Man a very two is the weakest of the three of the trilogy. I'll say oh, two. absolutely. Mickey Rourke, bro, should have hung him up. Yeah, uh, he, he what was a terrible. waste of a character and actor. I really. So <laughs> so when you found out that they were making Marvel shows. And I, and I think they renounced WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki. They announced all three of those at once, or really close to each other. Yeah, I think it was, what is it, Disney, um, whatever their... Is it called D23? Their, I think, that, is that their D3, thing? yeah. D3, D, yeah. yeah. WandaVision... They announced them all at the same time, right. but originally, pre, pre-pandemic, pre uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, was supposed August, to be their right? first... Yeah, it was supposed to be their their uh, their first offering into the 
television room. And that was that was of the three, that was the one I was most excited for. And WandaVision was probably the one I was least excited for. Well, and I, I think that's because the there was there was really no premise to WandaVision. Um you know, y- you you see the title Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you can kind of be like, okay, these dudes are teaming up. It's buddy buddy. It's gonna be you know this guy and this guy, and they're gonna fight. Yeah, you know, you know what you're getting, right? Shit. Yeah, yeah, you know right. what you're getting. But with with Wanda or Wanda Vision, uh, you, you <laughs> I mean Disney <laughs> just put the two characters' names together and was like, yes, that's that shit. I'm gonna name this Wanda Vision, which is so, and it's weird. gonna be a show about Wanda and Vision. So let's just start talking about it. So let's go episode by episode. I have the the names of the episodes. I I didn't if you recall, they didn't announce the titles for the first two or the first three episodes until they had already aired, which right. I don't really feel was really necessary. I don't feel like the titles were spoiler. So episode 1 and episode 2, they they came out at the same time. So let's talk about them at the same time. Episode 1's called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience and episode 2 is called Don't Touch That Dial. Yeah, both both playing homage to uh, TV comedy shows of uh, a bygone era where television was filmed in front of a live and television they, and they or did a live film, studio audience. They did film the first two episodes or first three episodes in front of a live audience on purpose. Right. Which yeah. was pretty cool. And so I, I think, you know, in the first two so if you're going in chronological order with these episodes, the first two episodes at face value appear to be the weakest episodes of the nine episode run. I agree. And they are the slowest, right? You get very yeah. little trickle of anything that's happening. But but as you know, and as we'll get to, but by episode eight, seven or eight, you get you get backstory. You, you you're filled in on why episode one and two were done the way episode one and two were done. And it's a, if nothing else, this show brought back good storytelling. I, I Uh, had read a thing before the shows were coming out where uh, the director or one of the writers had talked about how this was a a journey and like just to sit and watch the ride as it's happening and so I, w- I was prepared for the ride. I was fully invested in the ride from the beginning where I was like, okay, a slow story I'm totally cool with. I know we were the Discord that we're in, which we'll link to because there's some good talk there and why not because it gives Scott some some whatevers. It'll make yeah. Scott feel good. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> we, we, had people, we, we had people who were like, I'm not it. This is like too much for me. It's too slow. And I, I was like, oh, they were already taken aback by it. When I was like, oh, I, I'm like, I'm here for the ride, baby. Like, buckle up. This is a long ride. And I, I thought it was fine. I, I thought the subtle nod of, you know, Vision's boss choking at the beginning and Wanda kind of controlling the people. I, I, I liked that. I liked in the second yeah, well, episode with that, the, the radio communication. I was totally fine with those kinds of things. Well, and, you know, in the first two episodes, uh, they were done in – I believe both of them were done completely black and white. Right. Um, and there were subtle, subtle clues that, you know, 
watching all nine episodes, you're like, oh, okay, I got it now. And uh, the director of WandaVision for all nine episodes is this guy named Matt Shackman. And he's a primarily television director. All he's done in his entire career is direct television episodes. Okay. And the longest run of television episodes he had was he did like 40 some episodes of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. And um, so for Disney to completely lay this at this guy, Matt Shackman, who has no broad, I mean, he's got very broad television experience, but he has no cinematic experience. He, they trusted this dude to tell this methodical story that slowly, piece by piece, was unveiled throughout the nine-episode run, uh, which I thought was really ambitious of of Disney and Marvel, mainly because this is Disney's laid Disney laid a lot of groundwork for future uh, future television projects, right? With WandaVision. And I think, largely, I think they they hit it out of the park. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with them keeping the same director for all nine episodes. Because uh, that's, that's not a normal TV thing to do. Um, and, you know, typically they, you know, television shows have a showrunner. Which is right. like, it's like the Kevin Feige of, of uh, you know, a show. And they have the they have the the broad story, and they're 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 tasked with laying the groundwork for where the story goes, and then they bring in individual directors for for different episodes. Uh, but they they allowed this guy Matt Shackman to to tell this story about, and it was a, and it ended up being a very personal, intimate uh, story for the character of uh, of Wanda Maximoff, and. Uh, I thought I thought he did a fantastic job, but once you get past the first two episodes, which are super slow burn, um, you know, I, that's that's when you start getting invested. That's when the story broadens and you start getting uh, introduced to more characters, familiar characters, and uh, I think that's that's the true payoff, you know, with sticking with this show past the first couple episodes. Yeah, I think the show does a very good job with payoff, where you, we get three episodes of a weird comedy and then we get the payoff episode a couple more episodes yeah. of comedy and we got a payoff the thing i would say about the director thing that marvel kind of does that because you know the russo brothers before they you know did captain america they had done like episodes of community you know yeah. they were pretty not well known at the time and they got really big from you know having successful marvel movies but it seems that's kind of like a theme that Marvel has done with their films because even like if you remember the first Ant-Man was supposed to be directed by a, a completely different person. Adam Wright, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah. he, he's had some great movies, but he's not had any like bangers financially. I, I don't think, you know, no, I th- uh, it was um, Scott Pilgrim. Right. First, the world is that's his, his biggest, and that's more of a cult classic than right. Yeah, which I absolutely love, but Things like, and even still, you know, James Gunn, he's not done a lot of like huge, huge things until, you know, and now he is. But I, I think that's one of those things that Marvel does really well where they kind of take younger people. And I think some of that has to do with how they kind of pay their talent because oh, they're yeah. kind of notoriously not like 
fantastic with that, you know, when you look at, you know, the War Machine saga and, and things like that. But Well, and I think that's also, you know, Disney loves to have control. They yes. are not, they, they, they do not hire people and let them just take off from wherever they want. They hire somebody and then they're, they're, you know, they're in the ear constantly. Right. Um, and that's what happened to, to, uh, you know, Adam Wright, where he dropped out of the Ant-Man project because of, you know, wanting more creative control. And, um, and so you have these directors and I had no idea who Matt Shackman was before WandaVision. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm same way. And, but like seeing his nine episode, uh, you know, story unfold the way it did and how it kept everybody engaged week after week. Um, I think that bodes well for his future. And, you know, I think, and I don't, there's, I don't think there's going to be a season two of this, of this show. It's, well, I mean, it's, I mean, considering the last episode was called the series finale, I highly doubt it. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so what was the title of the episode three? So episode three is called Now in Color, which was okay. pretty, you know, self-explanatory where now we're in color. I, yeah. I did like with the black and whites, I did love the I loved the theme songs to all of the episodes. I loved the Bewitched theme song of episode yep. two. I, I thought that was fantastic. I, I loved I loved all the theme songs. I even the, the Malcolm in the Middle one, which I think got the most hate um uh, online, I, I still dug it all. I loved that one. That I was did too. that was perfect. I thought it was absolutely Malcolm in the Middle and also The Office at the same time, which two theme songs that are completely different yet also exactly the same apparently. What was the uh, what was the older not the oldest brother? So in Malcolm in the Middle there was four four kids. Right, right. Well, yes. Well, technically the third, there was the third, five. There was actually well, the, five because they had a kid. Five? They they have a kid. Lois has a Lois and I can't remember. Oh, that's how. right. They have a kid That's halfway right. through, so Malcolm does become the middle child uh, eventually. <laughs> so Reese is the is not the oldest one. Reese is the one above. Yeah, Malcolm. he's the second oldest, right? Yeah, and Dewey is the youngest one until the new kid comes, and I don't remember the new kid's name. Yeah, I don't. I I completely forgot there was a new kid. Uh, but so um, and we'll, I guess we'll 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 jump back to this, but. Yeah. Uh, that episode, I think it was episode seven, um, where uh, the theme song played off of, uh, you know, Malcolm in the Middle. They did the show did a great job, great job of of making um, Pietro that Reese type character. Yes, uh, from from Malcolm in the Middle. I thought they, I thought this series hit a lot of things just out of the park as far as nostalgia and callbacks go. Um, I completely agree. So well done. Uh, but like, so across, so across the first two episodes, you're introduced to Wanda and vision again. Um, right. You know, uh, there's something going on in, in, in the town of Westview, which is where uh, this show is taking place. And then, you know, episode three changes it up a little bit, takes on the, I think, the Brady Bunch? Right, yeah, it takes on the Brady Bunch. We get, and we're introduced to Agnes um, in, in episode one, but she definitely becomes, like, the third main character, especially in the first, 
third of, of the episodes, right? Where she's kind yeah. of the nosy neighbor character. She's helping Wanda make dinner and, and things like that, which, you know. Which she's, and she's played by Catherine Hahn, who, who is a... The MVP of the a, series. She, oh, right? she, oh, yes, without a doubt. She is so... She's such an underrated character actress. Um, she's great in ev- like She's great in everything. Yes. I, I had completely forgotten that she was in Parks and Rec for like a season, and she plays a great slimy like politician running a campaign for <laughs> for your boy Paul Rudd. Yeah, I I had completely forgotten about that. <laughs> the, uh, if you haven't seen the film Bad Moms Two, uh, yeah, she's great. At, she yes. she she has such a a fantastic. Uh, kind of a bit part in that film. Uh, every everything she's in, she just nails. She gives one hundred and fifteen percent. She's she's batshit crazy, uh, but she hits. She nails it. She nails everything that she does, and she's a thrill. She's a she's awesome to watch in this show. It's because she goes through the gamut of of kind of roles yes. for her particular character. It's awesome. Yeah, now one color was a was a fine episode. I don't think there was anything crazy about it. And then with episode four, we get we interrupt this program, which is absolutely different from the first three. First off, there's no commercials, which we haven't talked about. Well, let's talk about that once we finish all the all of the episodes. But the commercials were fantastic. First episode, no commercial. We're introduced to uh, is it Jimmy Woo? We're reintroduced yes. to Jimmy Woo. Yeah, we're reintroduced Play- to yeah. To um, uh, Darcy, uh, what was her name? Darcy. Yeah, her Kat, name's Darcy. Yeah, Cat Dennings' Kat character, Dennings, Darcy, yeah. who is now a doctor, right? If you, I'm sure you don't remember, but in the first Thor movie, she's like an art major or something like that. So yeah. her life is completely changed from the first Thor movie. And then we're reintroduced to Monica Rambeau, which I absolutely loved the beginning of episode three. Where we see the like the effects of the unsnapping, I absolutely—that's exactly what I wanted to see. That was filmed so perfectly, where it explained so many things and also kind of ruined some other things as well. You know, where you're literally snapped back exactly where you were at, which is going to be really terrible for some people on airplanes, right? Yeah, like it's going to no, make sure. being unsnapped They're real terrible, right? It's going to make – it just really kind of created a lot of problems when you think about it where you're like, ooh. But I even loved how, like, people weren't all snapped back instantly, right? Because, like, people are running into people in the hospital, and I yeah. loved that. And, and I I thought that payoff was so – that buildup was so well done. And it was the first episode that looked like a movie, right? Like, the first three episodes looked like a TV show. I made that on purpose. But, man, this third episode looked like I was watching a film on Disney+. Plus. You know, I felt like yes. I was watching a, a Marvel movie, and I I was I couldn't have been like more excited. Episode four yes. for me was such a high point. The I thought episode four because this is the first time we've seen people coming back uh, right. outside of outside of Endgame, and uh, you know, uh, Spider Man Far From Home touched on you know, the after effects of people coming back, but never showed them coming back. Uh, I thought WandaVision did a great job in episode four of, of showcasing the chaos around, uh, around that event, around the event of 
oh shit, <laughs> people are are appearing out of you know out of dust now, and and you know it takes place in a hospital, so it's super intimate. Um, it's not on it's not done on a grand scale, so you're just seeing one particular time of this incident, which happened all over the universe, and and you know Monica, you know her her part played by uh, the actress' name is Tiana uh, Paris. And uh, as far as I know, she's she's a relatively newcomer to uh, to to big roles. Um, I don't know of anything that she's been in before. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely unaware of her too. Yeah, but she plays the the part of Monica Rambeau. And the last time we saw the character Monica Rambeau, she was a child right. in the the Captain Marvel movie. Um, you know, and, and so and she's coming back, and she instantly asks, "Hey, where's my mom?" And somebody, I don't know if it's a random person or whatever, says, your mom passed away like five years ago. Uh, she had some t- terminal illness. Um, and so that kind of sets the stage for the type of character uh, Monica Rambeau, the adult, is going to be. And they they were super consistent with her role throughout the entire series. I never... I never got the sense that she was she was changing who the character was established to be. Yeah. And I, yeah, I thought I, I thought that agree. was super important for the tonality of the show. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I thought she was probably the fourth new main character where she's a new character to the series to Marvel in general. Where Darcy yeah. we kind of know some of her and, and Jimmy Woo, we, we know some of him already because of previous movies. But her her acting was phenomenal too. I, I thought she was top notch. I I even love the subtle nod to the original outfit of her character, which I knew nothing about Monica Rambeau until she was in this episode. And then of course the internet's going, oh, this is who this person actually is. And you, I learned about you know her powers and all that kind of thing. So you knew that that was like a thing that was probably coming. Right. No, it, but like the show is such a slow burn that. You had you you had to stay glued to who this character who they were building the character to be in order for this payoff down the road of what we saw in episodes seven and eight, um, right? But uh, you know, so what what else happened in episode four? Uh, we're introduced to uh, it's a sword. We're introduced to Hayward. Hayward. You know, we're introduced to the you know the hexagons right where we can see all these, you know, hexagon shapes and, and then, then you start seeing hexagon shapes everywhere. Did right. you did you start to notice that at all? Like Hayward's wall has a hexagon and right. the bed the bed and sheets I, I, in the previous that's, episode. That's, and I think that's deliberate by by um Shackman, the director. Uh I, I don't know if it needed that much uh you know uh <laughs> that many hexagons, but um you know th- this show what this show did by by episode four and five would it com- it completely sent the the internet sphere in it's crazy it, how oh. Disney must love must have loved that they must know that this plan of weekly releasing things is absolutely where to go right because it's all I mean I'm not a big TikTok guy but it's all over TikTok every yeah. every Friday every Saturday every Sunday you get on TikTok and every fourth or fifth TikTok that you scroll through, 
is a WandaVision related TikTok. Yeah. The Agatha theme song is still constantly on people. They must be eating it up that they're like, man, we've literally fixed streaming where like there's no need to dump all these episodes at once. Everyone is talking about this weekly. You know, it even our, our Discord was kind of, you know, that became the number one topic for the last nine weeks, I'd say, is, is absolutely yeah. been WandaVision. Well, in, and I think Disney has the stranglehold on pop culture right now. Um, you know, they... Well, they when went... you own 90% of all pop culture, it's really not <laughs> too hard to have, have said stranglehold. But you're you're definitely right. But when they control... Well, I mean, they control everything, right? They control so much of even the internet of what people are going to see that it, it's really easy. You're, you're definitely well, right. Well, they, you know, they went, they went from nine episodes of the Mandalorian uh, right into nine more episodes of WandaVision. Oh, they've and got so, this figured out, right? This shit is figured out. Oh, yeah. And, and, and now, you know, we're going to have like a two-week lull. Oh, and then, but we're not because because next week they've even announced is the making of WandaVision comes out next oh, Friday. Yeah. And right. then we have Falcon and Winter Soldier right into it. So, like, there's right. literally... There's, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching that on Friday. That's my Friday night plan, is yeah, to these, watch that. These dudes, they absolutely know where where to stick the pin as far as engagement goes, and I, I, it's it's brilliant, but it's also frustrating uh, because you know I, I I and I don't think Falcon and the Winter Soldier Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be tonally different. Than WandaVision, yeah, you're gonna I get, absolutely think so. You're not going to get a mystery played out over nine weeks. No, um, it's going to be much more traditional Marvel style movie. Yeah, I think. I, I would. Think I would think. I would think movie. Agents of Shield with a very high budget. Um, yeah, you know. So the but the fact that you know we're going to go into Falcon the Winter Soldier with you know having to wait a one full week between episode one and two. Uh, I, I just, I think Disney, Disney knows where the bread is buttered and they're going to, they're going to milk everything they can out of, out of the engagement they get. And now some, sometimes it's a double-edged sword, like how WandaVision ended. Um, and we'll get to that, but, uh, you know, for, for where episode four leaves everything moving forward, um, you know, they had everybody on the edge of their seats. Next episode we have is called On a Very Special Episode, and that's where we get the birth of the twins. Were you very familiar at all with the whole Wanda and um, not Why the Last Man, excuse me. Um, oh, my gosh. What's the name of that stupid comic where she wipes out all the mutants? Um, oh, my God. What the hell I, is it called? I don't know. House of M. Yeah. Are you familiar with House of M at all? Are you familiar with Wanda and Vision having kids? Are you familiar with any of that kind of stuff beforehand? <sighs> before before this television show no um i mean i was aware that uh wanda and pietro um aka quicksilver uh were the kind of the kind of i guess the kind of sons and daughter of magneto um, yeah, depending on where you look, they either are or they're not or now they definitely are not so currently right. i believe they're not because Wanda is technically a nexus being, which is a completely different thing. But I, I had read House of M when it was coming out. And House of M, spoilers for a very old, for a you know, 20, 25-year-old comic, 
Wanda at the end of House of M wishes mutants away. And so mutants go from being like this very large plethora of things to a very small population in the blink of an eye. And in the comics, people don't really know why that happened because people's minds were eventually erased. So only a select group of people knew that Wanda had eventually like actually erased mutants from like existing. And so that became a very large sticking point in the comic world for a long time where uh, eventually a new mutant is born for the first time in a long time. And that becomes a really big thing. And her name is, is hope. And she played a whole different part and they kind of butchered her, her in story. I thought comic book wise, because they like kind of age her. They cable comes and takes her away and takes her to the future and raises her and then brings her back. And they kind of fumble it at the end with the whole X-Men versus Avengers kind of storyline, which I thought was not very well done, but that's, Totally different. And and so I knew, I didn't think they were going to go that far, but I thought maybe they were going to do the reverse of like creating mutants from this, where yeah. I think the biggest problem that this show suffered from was everyone talking about it so much and enough people knowing a lot about the comics to make really bold predictions, right? Like, yeah. Doctor Mephisto Strange is going to be this. And... We're going to create X-Men out of this. Right. Multiverse is going to be created out of this. This and that. Magneto is going to make a cameo. Maybe it's Charles Xavier is going to make the cameo. Like, there's going to be this giant. There was so there was enough people that knew so much that they were making all these crazy guesses. And I think the worst part that Disney had with this is that like some of those ideas were really good ideas. Yeah. And they didn't <laughs> use them. And you're like, oh shit, that would have been really good to introduce the X Men. Or oh shit, like that, that could have been Magneto. Or it could have been any one of those things or, oh, we should have like brought Doctor Strange in because that would have been phenomenal. So uh, was it episode five that introduced uh, Pietro, X-Men Pietro, or was that the next? Yes, and at the very, uh, at the very, and at the very end, we get X-Men Pietro, Pietro which this who's play, is who's played by Evan Peters from the X-Men Phenomenally. Films. We can spoil that last episode, but the whole like playoff that he's actually Ralph, Agnes. Oh, is, oh like, God. I was that, that was, was one of the, the biggest the biggest swings and a miss for this entire show for me. First off, if Agnes Agatha is so powerful, how could she just not like make Pietro look like Pietro? Because <laughs> she also gave him the powers of Quicksilver, right? Right. Because even when he's alone with Monica, he's able to use his powers. I'm like. This is not a good payoff. This is a bad red herring where I was it was one of the big misses here where I'm like, man, you guys really blew this actor in this role because you're not gonna bring him back now. He's well, not gonna it, actually be quicksilver the op- later on. The opportunity for and like you just you talked about just previously, it the opportunity to at least th- throw out the premise that these other yes. Uh, realities exist they could have done that in this episode or in the following episode um where the the problem you know the problem too is it was it was so obvious that that's what they were doing right because dr strange is called the multiverse of madness right the new spider-man movie has rumored to have all the other spider-men in it and dr strange right like it was so just like this is obviously the first of the next three or four steps to leading up to this. It's so obvious. And then it wasn't. And you're like, damn, man, yeah. you boys, you boys and fucked I, up. And I think, I think this is that, I think that was the first like telltale sign that just because it's a Disney 
Plus show doesn't mean it has Disney's full budget behind it. Um, right. And, you know, it's because obviously if you want to get um, what's-his-face that plays Doctor Strange. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Or if you want to get uh, if you want to throw an allusion to, you know, some other storyline that will have a payoff, whether it be in this show or the next film, um, you know, you could have had, you could have had that. Um, I wonder, I wonder if they were afraid of making this too canonical. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, well, this is a show. What if not a lot of people are watching it? So I had that line of thought, but then I also was like, well, you created a new vision and he looks completely different from the previous vision. And if he's just going to show up randomly in a movie, that's going to really confuse a lot of people because that dude's dead. If you watched any of the movies, you know what I mean? So I I thought that was kind of weird where they're like, well, this might be too big of a, uh, a stretch for moviegoers, but also here's some things that like should be a pretty big stretch for moviegoers. Yeah, I I just I thought it was a huge a huge missed opportunity. Uh but you know, um you know, so we get into episode 6 and that's I think titled an all new Halloween spooktacular. Right, um, which had my favorite commercial out of all the commercials cuz it is the last episode with a commercial. We haven't talked about any of the commercials yet. I was think this, the uh, was it was the Nexus one, right? Yes, that was yeah. The first the first episode had the one with the Toastmate 2000, which referenced the bomb that Tony Stark's bomb that didn't well not Tony Stark's bomb but the Stark bomb that did not Stark go Industries off, bomb yeah, which didn't go off but it actually did go off, which is I thought was a great retcon, which it wasn't yeah. really a retcon but I thought it was like, I thought that was a great use of like oh here's the actual truth. Second episode had the Strucker watch um, commercial, which I thought was a, a good again a good callback. It doesn't really get. Oh, it does get referenced. That's not the third one. Is the hydro soak the hydro soap called hydro soak? I thought that was really great. Episode four didn't have one. Episode five had the the Lagos paper towels for when you make a mess, right? Which is referencing yeah. when Wanda murdered a bunch of people. And then we had Yo Magic, which I thought was was really pretty good too. Oh, actually, that's not the last one. The Yo Magic one is the the um. The stop motion one, and then you have the Nexus one, the pill one, which is the yeah. next episode. So it isn't technically the last one. I did definitely screw that. But the, I thought the Yo Magic one. I thought that was the best one, where Agatha is clearly the one siphoning off the magic from Wanda, which you you don't really realize at the end, or until the end. But I I thought that episode was pretty good. It seemed really Vision at that point is finally like realizing there's something wrong here, and you really do realize that he knows absolutely nothing of previous you know anything previous to the start of wandavision episode one yeah and i think um you know from this point on you know it's establishing the the narrative focus of both wanda and vision yes um you know, uh, from the from from this episode to the end, you're getting a lot of Wanda and Vision, and you're getting a lot of dialogue. You're getting uh, you're getting a lot of one on one time with these two these two actors, and both are phenomenal actors. Uh, yes. Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic. 
um, easily the best of the three Olsons. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure there's four, but oh, um, is there is there a, a brother? Is that the fourth? I don't know. I, d- I just made that up. I'm, oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> this is you can't trust but, some guy you just met. But but uh, but Paul Bendy. You should have is... just sold it. I would have totally gone like, oh shit! I didn't even know there's four of those uh, idiots. <laughs> there probably is um, a fourth one. There's probably like seven. Um, they're probably all twins. But uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Math. Quintuplets. That's fine. That's okay. I could, don't worry. <laughs> don't think too hard. Yeah, Paul Bettany's acting is phenomenal. Agatha Harkness, Catherine Hahn's acting is great. I I did love the red herring of of Agatha Vision freeing her mind, and we get that scene with her sitting in the car and Vision, like you know, the the back and forth there. Where I'm like, yeah. Oh, I w- we were I was so convinced that this is Agatha Harkness, right? Because of uh, the the outfit she's wearing, because of just so many things, and then for a, for an episode you go, maybe she is just a regular person. That's crazy. Like, man, they really kind of like that's a crazy twist. Where you're like, okay, well, I guess like she's just a regular person too, but that's you know kind of not where I thought that was going at all. Yeah, and then you know. uh this episode kind of it just kind of ends it doesn't really have a is this this is not the one with the 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 post credit scene right it's the next no one. no that's the next one but this is the one where we do see vision getting torn apart right oh that's true yeah which i thought was pretty interesting because you think oh there is something oh when he weird. tries to leave the hex that's right right and then she explodes the hex which I, when she explodes the hex to make it bigger, I for a split second thought, "Oh, she's just going to make the hex the entire planet at some point, right?" And that's how well, we're going to get Vision currently being alive. I thought that's what was going to happen for 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 until the end when that didn't happen. I thought that was going to be the answer because I thought, "Oh, well, the kids are obviously part of it too." But the next episode, which has the first post credit scene, is called "Breaking the Fourth Wall," which is a both play on. A lot of things uh, to play on words and to play on where the uh, the plot goes. Right, because um, we're now done with comedy. We're done with right. the with the comedy episodes. These are, we're now back to uh, move. We're back to the regular Marvel universe. Well, wasn't wasn't this episode the one where it just primarily focused on Wanda trying to be by herself? Um, right. You know, uh, so she's she's talking to the camera. You know, yeah, so it is very modern family ass, right? Right, modern family office vibes. Um, and you know, that's when th- she starts to notice things around her are breaking down. Um, they're yeah, shifting, really well and done. she doesn't have she she doesn't think she has control of it. She's wondering, she's like, why is this? Why why are these things happening? Um, and she can change them back, but then something else changes. Um, so I, I think I it's the confused. first time that she's noticing that she's probably not in control. I was confused in the sense that she, I mean, we, we, she knew that she created vision. She knew she created, she had to have known that. I mean, she watched herself create the house, right? right? She, she had to have been, I don't know how she just blocked all of that out to not realize it because even in episode four, she leaves the hex to be like, don't fuck with me. I will fuck your shit up. Right. And then just goes back to like, there's nothing beyond that where I thought that was a little weird. It was a little jarring where I'm like, she knows this is a thing. She might not realize like she's causing pain to other people, but like she has to realize this is her. 
I w- that was a little confusing to me where I, I understand she doesn't realize like her powers, but I, I still thought this was a little like, you, you know, this is you like, we, we all know this is you like, you know that you can't have kids in a day and they can't become, you know, like tweens in a day, you know, like, you know, that's not a thing. So why are you pretending like it is? Are you just like, do you want to be blissfully ignorant of it? Well, and I think that, that's, that's and so, weird. so this whole the whole show deals with grief and Wanda's Wanda in particular's grief over the death of real life vision. Um, and so I, I kind of chalk that up to it being, you know, her way of just blocking everything out where she's just kind of lost in this, this illusion of what's going on. And, she doesn't she doesn't really know what's going on but she's going along with it and she can control some of the things that are happening um and so and i think we find out later that um you know agnes agatha harkness gives her that ability to control certain aspects of this world and um so i think that's how she's dealing with her grief in the next episode Episode eight, uh, which is titled "Previously on," um, she it dives headfirst into uh, Wanda's grief, starting from childhood, going through Vision's death. Yeah, I loved the I loved how they explain why Elizabeth Olsen's accent comes and goes and changes. I loved yeah. that they explained it that way, and I thought it was a great way to explain something that she probably did not mean to do. <laughs> like was unnaturally do you know which is fine because i remember i saw something where she and who was who was it directed the uh, um age of ultron was uh oh my gosh the guy who came, joss whedon yeah joss whedon who's gotten basically me too'd as well oh yeah <laughs> he, got, he got her... me too'd by uh by cyborg <laughs> Dude, the most ridiculous everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> Justice League which, member of them all got me too by that guy. He, him, and uh, Pietro and Wanda, all three of them had sat down together to create that accent together, which I thought was interesting. But you can clearly tell she wasn't meaning to like lose it and gain it. But I thought by explaining it by being like, hey, these are the shows that she watched and they're from different eras, and that's kind of why she has this weird accent that goes back and forth. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that was a great explanation. It's a great retcon. Just like we see that she's technically been a witch all along because up until that episode, she has never been called Scarlet Witch at all. We right. always just know that she is because we're comic book fans or because people have told us that. we've. This is the first that we've ever heard of this. It's also, the f- great. it's also the first time, I believe, in the MCU where it's alluded that uh, you can be born Yes, with... it is the first illusion of that. Yeah, it is yeah. the first. It is the first that we see of that, which we then see stuff, you know, because the next episode after that literally follows Agnes as a witch in the Salem witch trials. But yeah, it's the first that we see that, like, oh, this isn't just like you're not just you know you don't become a hero. You're you can be born with powers. You don't just like gain them because everybody before had absolutely gained. You're absolutely right. That is definitely a huge thing. There's a lot of that. The the spark of seeing her in her outfit before we actually get to it was really kind of cool. I I thought I thought those retcons that they used or, or retellings were phenomenally done. I thought it really kind of like 
I thought it really polished off the the edges that I didn't even realize were sharp, right? Like I didn't even realize that right. this was a problem that needed fixing, but like they did a great job of fixing it. One 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 thing else that happens in this ep- I think it was this episode, um, but is the uh, the first time we see Monica Rambeau's powers, right? Um, as Spectrum, and uh, she can. I guess see all wavelengths, right? Um, and interact and kind with of, them, I believe. Yeah, and interact with them. And I thought that was that was very telling, is because she, uh, her and her and Wanda kind of have this uh, the show showdown of sorts um, in the front yard of Wanda's house, and you know Wanda picks her up with the magic, and you know Monica kind of says, "Not today, Scarlet Witch," and you know, uses her own powers to kind of shake it off. And that's the first time we see, oh, holy shit, you know, maybe this character is really fucking powerful. And I also um, love the callback to her outfit that Monica's wearing. It looks almost exactly like her outfit in the comics, which I didn't realize because I knew nothing about it. But when I yeah. looked it up, I was like, oh, this is really cool where they like did a very good job of making this. Um, this yeah, outfit fit in, in I, the realism of, of the MCU that they've gone with. Well, and I, th- and I think the, uh, the introduction of the, the hero spectrum was very well done. Um, yeah, I thought so too. Cause it, it wasn't, it, doesn't it, give it away wasn't anything, hit you right? over the top with yeah. anything. Um, and, and it allows for future ex- exploration of the character. Right, which she'll definitely be in the secret invasion stuff they have working on. I I have no doubt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the the last thing with that episode of previously on, and again, not to call up my boy Namek from the Discord, but he had a real big problem with at the end. Agatha is holding um, Wanda's two kids hostage, and Wanda is now out in the open where she's allowed to use her powers, and he was really kind of upset about how like she's like, why doesn't she just like blast her? Why isn't she just like <laughs> and I and I thought that was so great because in the very next episode, right the the series finale, which is what it's called, she does that. She literally blasts her, and that's exactly what Agatha wanted. Like that's exactly right. what uh, the plan was. Where, but it was but it was, it was a complete so well. it was a complete setup story wise. Yes, where you know Agatha in the uh, the penultimate episode, episode eight. Um, you know, she sets she sets that up, saying that hey, you can, your powers are no good on, in this basement of mine because I put hexes on the walls and and you know. So when we get into episode nine series finale, we see Wanda use that against Agatha, but in a grand, in, you know, a more grand uh, grand sc- scale. I I there were so many things leading up to episode nine that I was really excited for and. I knew that there was no way they were going to have a payoff for all of those things. And I had even seen two articles bef- the day before one where Paul Bettany had mentioned he was so excited to work with this actor that he hadn't worked before worked with. He was so excited to share the screen with them and everyone's going to love it. It's, it's, he was really excited for it. And then the joke was, he was literally making a joke where he was talking about acting with himself, right? He was right. talking about, I get to act with myself and scenes with myself. And he goes, shit, I really should have not have said that because it was a huge, it was a huge letdown for some people. And I wasn't let down. I was, but I wasn't. But I thought that was great. I thought it was hilarious that that's what he was going with. 
and people took it and blew up with it, right? Because he he well, really did it with a little a little podcast, right? He did that interview with a little a little podcast and probably didn't think anything of it until it got picked up and just circulated right. everywhere. I thought well, that was you know hilarious. we didn't even mention that uh, the introduction of white vision, um, right? In that you know, in, in episode scene. eight. Yeah, you're right. You know, we, we didn't even mention that, which, again, if you're listening, you're not listening for the recap of episodes here because we've done a terrible job of that. If, if that's what you're doing here, you have completely <laughs> lost focus on, on why you should be listening, and you should just just turn it off and unsubscribe right now. This is just this is not for you, I promise. I apologize. If you want something like that, look up my boy Jeff and Hitchcock chronologically because he does a phenomenal job of doing that. <laughs> Shouts to Jeff. Um, I, I love the visions, the fight scene. I, I thought it was such a yeah. vision fight scene where in the middle of it, vision is arguing with vision with vision logic, which was great. It was about Greek mythology or Roman mythology right. or whatever. And I, I, it was phenomenal, right? If you, if you have a ship and you slowly replace every piece on that ship throughout the course of the ship's life, is it the same ship or is it a different ship? It, it's both and neither. I, it was, it was right. fantastic. It was, it, and well, it was so true. <laughs> My my favorite reaction out of that entire scene was White Vision stopping and going, "Oh shit!" Yeah, it's, damn. It's neither in both. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> it was just well like done. he came to this this robot came to this realization of I'm fighting this fucking other robot, and I don't know fucking why. I also love how Vision gives him the memories of of Vision. But yeah. now you have a, a a machine that has all of these memories, but no context for having those memories, right? Like he has right. these memories, but he has no memory of it, and he has no relationship to it. So now, what do you? What does he do with that? He just he just straight up bolts, which I I thought was a little weird because I yeah. thought maybe he well, would have done a little something here. So I, I I didn't I didn't like that is because I thought that uh, their their scenes in this last episode were very good. Um, this, I mean, we saw where all the, the budget money went for the right. entire series. <laughs> it was spent on this last, this last CGI, uh, you know, fest of an episode. But, uh, you know, when white, Vol- white vision, just, he gets his, he gets visions, memories and it just leaves. Uh, that was, well, I, I guess that was okay. It just vision. They deserve it. Deserves some explanation. Past oh, he gave me his memories. Now you'll see me right at some point down the future in some other Marvel movie. Well, here's what I thought was going to happen before the episode came out. I, I still, ha- I still thought that Agatha was not going to be a villain. Villain. I thought she was not a great person, but I did not think that she was going to be like the central villain of of the series. I right. I really thought Agatha Wanda. Uh, Wanda's husband Vision and their kids Billy and Tommy were going to have to team up to take on White Vision. I really thought that was what was going to happen. I was prepared for that because Agatha in the previous two episodes had even kind of hinted that like she needs Wanda for this thing to go do and, right. and not necessarily like oh I, I need to suck your power out so I can have it. I really thought she was going to be a more mentory kind of role all by even like a, a love-hate kind of relationship and I even kind of thought that even towards the very end, and then it didn't happen. And I thought, oh, I feel like they're kind of wasting that character, even though Wanda doesn't totally, you know, get rid of her. She's not dead, and she'll she can certainly come back. But I, 
I really thought they kind of wasted her at the end where I was like, oh, man, this would be really cool to, like, have her teach Wanda, like, how to use the powers. How I thought maybe Catherine Hahn's character isn't truly evil. She's just, like, very grayscale, which I thought would have been really cool. And they didn't go that route. I also liked the theory that Hayward was actually Ultron because that does happen in the comics where he does take a human form. And I thought, oh, maybe he's trying to, like, oh, really? become Ultron I again. I thought that would have been kind of a cool thing, too. And, th- and that didn't happen. He... Hayward just becomes is just an asshole. That's all he is, which is is fine. But I thought that could have been a little cooler too. I thought the payoff with him was kind of weak too at the end, where yeah. Kat Dennings' character just drives into him and goes, "Ha ha ha! Enjoy jail." I thought, oh, that's just I wasn't the payoff wasn't enough for me. I, I was a little let down well, with that, and the, I get the, how you the, had to wrap the, so many things up, but the. the... The the Darcy character, where she, you know the the only appearance she makes for two episodes, uh, is to drive a truck into into Hayward, um, and have this you know not even witty one liner. Uh, it was just the 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 writing in this last episode wasn't great. Um, I I thought the pacing was was okay but it was it was more the dialogue options that were chosen for each character uh and i agree with you um you know i wish the agatha hartness character would have turned out to be a more mentor role with uh for wanda is because that's that's where this went that's wanda learning how to exploit her own powers and how to hone in on her own abilities. And, you know, the last, uh, you know, this episode had two, you know, had one mid credit and one post credit scene. Right. Uh, and you know, the, the mid credit scene alludes to Monica, Monica Rambo meeting up with Nick Fury in space. Cause that last time we saw Nick Fury was in space. Which leads to Secret Invasion, which I believe is a show that you're going to do on Disney Plus. Yes, along uh, with Armor Wars and the Hawkeye show. Like I think that's one of the next big ones in the next year or so. Will be Secret Invasion, which I kind of find a little weird that they're going to do that as a show because it's probably going to be with like a lot lower end Marvel characters, which is kind of a weird concept to me. Where in, in the comics, it's like literally like you know there are some scrolls that are. Again, in the comics, the scrolls are bad guys. They're not really seen as, as good guys. And so in the comics, there's, like, some of the characters, like, I think Luke Cage is technically a scroll. There's some pretty big scrolls that we thought were actually the human versions, but they're not. There's a yeah. couple of really big unveils, like, uh, I believe, Invisible Woman, Sue Richards. She's technically a scroll or was in the comics at that point. Like, there's some really big revelations there that we, we see, which is a little crazy. So, yeah, it- it's just a lot of it's a lot of kind of rabbit holes that Marvel can find itself going down. Sure. Uh in the next, you know, two to three years. But that mid credit scene alluded to uh uh Monica meeting up with Nick Fury. And then the post credit scene, which I thought was probably the biggest scene of it's probably the biggest scene out of the entire series, but well, it definitely um, sets up Doctor Strange too, right? Because it yes. just even looks like she's literally right next door to Doctor Strange, right? She's in the middle of nowhere studying, yeah. And at the very end, she hears—is it Tommy? Uh, Tommy or Billy? Yeah, one of her kids. One. one of her kids literally screaming, you know, for help, which is great. So, but yeah. she's also, but she also hears it while she's yes 
I guess her, her subconscious right? is studying the, the, the big book of spells. Um, and she's in the kitchen doing something. Yeah. And that's that's a scene that was taken straight from Doctor Strange, the the first Doctor Strange film, yeah, where yeah, Strange true. is sleeping and his subconscious is studying up on spells. Yeah, which is um, great because, well, I don't know why I'm saying it's great. It, 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 I thought it was interesting that we learned that she's more powerful than Doctor Strange, right? And, and yeah. in the comics, she is considered like the most powerful being, or she is for a, a long time, which. The show's definitely moving towards the Monica Rambeau thing too. I think. Do you think she's going to be in Captain? Um, um, oh my God, not Captain Marvel. Captain America. Yeah. Do you think she's going to be in Captain <laughs> Marvel too? Because I, I think she's going to be in Captain Marvel too. Because yeah, I would especially hope so. because uh, especially they gave they gave because, her character a lot of a lot of potential. Well, especially because I there's been a lot of talk of like Brie Larson maybe not getting getting cut after this or like there's talk that cap the captain marvel movie is going to have captain marvel it's going to have miss marvel and it now might have monica rambeau so there might be like three kind of captain marvel characters in this movie which i i is all brie Brie larson's incredibly miscast as captain marvel to begin with so i I really like brie larson as an act like in the roles that she takes i think she does a really pretty good job but captain marvel to me is one of the weaker movies i thought and, and, oh, I don't yeah. know. and I think that's that's solely based on and not solely, but largely based on the fact that Brie Larson doesn't play play the character with any emotion. Um <laughs> I'm not getting on she's... the anti Brie Larson train because that is a dark, <laughs> dark hole that some people will, will praise you for and others will try to literally crucify you on. It's crazy. <laughs> The Captain Marvel thing is so it's you're either one way or the other on her, right? You either think like this is great or you're like, what were they thinking? It's so crazy to me how how it you're on either that side or the other side of it. Like there's very little so in let, between. Yeah, let me let me put it to you this way, or let me ask you this question. If Emily Blunt is in the role of, of Captain Marvel, is that movie better? Ooh, I don't think I think Emily Blunt should not have been Black Widow, and I'm glad she wasn't. I thought Scarlett Johansson did great. Yeah. I I don't think she would be great as Captain Marvel, and I don't necessarily think she would be great as Sue Storm, even though I kind of want her and John Krasinski to be the two Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic because I want John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic like I want nothing else. Oh yeah, he's he's the uh, the Hugh Jackman of Born to Play Superman I or uh, superhero think. parts. Well, you know, he was originally going there. He was like the second runner up to Captain America. Like he was, yeah. he was literally for a while. That was what who he was going to be. Which I thought he would have been a pretty decent casting choice for. But I, uh, Chris Evans, obviously nailed it. But I thought he would have been just fine at it. And I think he definitely would be a great Mister Fantastic. I don't think he's going to do it though, because I don't think he wants to tie himself. And I know Bree or not Bree Larson. I know Emily Blunt definitely does not want to tie herself to like a multi-movie contract, and she's literally said that much. And I think John Krasinski's kind of hinted at the same thing, even though I want that casting so well, he, bad. He's he's leaned heavily into the uh, the rumors of him as he really has uh, Mr. Fantastic. Well, so there was also if, rumors. If, if he doesn't want anything to do with that, he's done a very good job of downplaying it. Well, I, there was even talk that he was going to direct it, which I, he won't now because they've, be announced awesome. the, they've announced who's directing it. It's not him, I believe. 
So <laughs> unless that was unless that was like a you know oh we're having this guy directed but really it's going to be John Krasinski and, and he's going to be in it because that's <laughs> John Krasinski thing, right? is a is a very talented director. You um, right, and I think he's moving more towards that than towards in front of the camera kind of stuff, which is yeah. kind of a shame. But Fantastic Four is such a weird property anyway. That where both versions that they've done beforehand have just been absolutely not good well i mean it's 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 marvel's next big play it's their next big franchise um, which it should be i think yeah absolutely it's uh there hasn't been a good fantastic four movie ever and um you know the fantastic four goes back such a long there i mean there there's some of your og superheroes and um to to be able to do them right now that they have these properties uh Disney Disney will make them the focal point of phase yeah, I think five, right. yeah. four, five, five, right? Yeah. Overall, I thought this was a more a bigger hit than miss by far. I, I thought their misses were very few and far between. Their their swings and misses though are are kind of big misses. The Ralph thing, the Ralph Boner thing, I thought was a terrible miss. Yes. I I, I thought you know for the most part. Some of the dialogue, I thought the pacing in the last couple of episodes was actually kind of like the weakest part of it where they needed they needed another episode. They needed a 10th episode to really kind of like slide. The in. secret 10th episode, to hit, yeah. Which, to hit that grand slam, right, they just kind of hit like, you know, they just, you know, got the home run, but they didn't quite get that grand slam that I they could have gotten to me. I like that they set up the stuff for Secret Invasion. I like the setup for Doctor Strange. But also, you can probably not watch this series and still watch Doctor Strange and be totally fine with that. I loved the Scarlet Witch outfit. I thought her outfit at the end was perfect. Like That's exactly what I wanted to see, something like that, in so long. I thought that was really cool. Um, I, like I said, some of the things like you know, Doctor Strange was actually the rabbit that our Agatha had trapped. I liked the theory that, like, of course, Doctor Strange would have seen this happening, and of course he would have come to investigate, and... He ran into Agatha, and Agatha turned him into the rabbit because you see her with the rabbit a couple of times. I thought that would have been kind of cool. I, I kept looking for things that weren't there because that's what the internet was doing, and I jumped on that bandwagon because I wanted to. So I think most of the stuff that I was unhappy with was really kind of my own doing, right? Like I set myself up to expect way too much, and I and I should have just been happy with what they gave me, which was a great overall story. With I thought overall pretty good pacing, a little slow in the beginning and a little too fast at the end, but for the most part, a very enjoyable ride. I would looked forward every Friday. I literally woke up every Friday, waited for my wife to leave so I could watch the episode without her <laughs> interrupting me. So I, I did that for nine weeks. I, I was so excited yeah. today when I woke up. I woke up so excited. I made myself take the dog out real early so I could watch it and like you know rewatch it if I wanted to. Yeah. Well, you know and. <sighs> And I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I think I was I was disappointed where it ended, uh, largely due to my own expectations, and um, and and that's you know that's a failure on my part is because I, I leaned into all of these internet rumors and theories right. and it was hard not to right it was fun to well, get right. into it. I mean, there's people out there that are tons more knowledgeable on comic lore than i am saying right. that oh hey hayward's mephisto and yeah, and, the, and, the Fie, lack of and mephisto, is yeah. mephisto and i'm like okay all right these guys they're all collectively saying that this dude's gonna be this fucking badass all right let's go um and it didn't happen and that's fine 
is because I thought the show did a, a very good, very good job of establishing our, the main characters. I think Disney, pro- Kevin Feige probably gave the director, Matt Shackman, this, this goal of establishing the character of Monica Rambeau. Um, he gave, you know, he gave them the, the task with fleshing out Wanda's backstory. Um, he gave, you know, him the task of setting up a big bad, but not revealing the big bad until, you know, the, right. the end couple episodes. Uh, so I thought this, I thought the show does a very good job of making you guess what's going to happen next, um, you know, for eight episodes. And then it kind of, it kind of, it just go it just goes out, um, you know, it doesn't go out with a great, great big bang. But it does tie everything up almost too perfectly a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I definitely see that. I definitely see But, how, you know, um, I'm excited to see where, you know, obviously, and maybe it's not obvious, but in my opinion, uh, Marvel is setting up Wanda to be this phase's big bad, I think. Um, oh, okay. I, that, I mean... That would be cool, and maybe I'm I'm reaching here, but established. No, she was already she was already established as make one of the most powerful let's beings. Some, let's let's do that. Let's make some bold predictions. All right, Wanda's going to be the big bad of maybe at the end of this phase, start of the next yeah. phase. Yeah. Okay. But like, hmm. I mean, they had already done a good job uh, between Infinity War, um, and uh, Endgame of establishing that Wanda. Very well, have could have taken out Thanos by herself, right? Um, you know, and so you you take this all powerful being that's already all powerful, and you make her the most powerful spellcaster in the universe. Um, and it just to me it screams how how is she reined in? How is how are the 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 protagonists of future movies and shows and all this going to rein in? Wanda Maximoff as she propels herself through the grief aspect of it and sees herself on the other side of of this uh, of the show. Um, I, so I that, think a that, big problem that Marvel will have is the power creep problem, yeah, right? which you've already seen with Captain Marvel, right? That's why she's not in Endgame very much. That's why she's not in in Infinity or it, yeah, in Endgame because she's just like, oh, I'm done. I fixed it instantly. Right. Right, like that's the problem with with that, and that that might be the problem with Wanda. Eventually, is that they may have to do something to alleviate that power creep because you know you compare the bad guy of Iron Man one to the bad guy of you know even you know Age of Ultron. It, it's a huge power creep there already, right? So that that's yeah. definitely going to be a problem they're going to have. Where, but that's the problem, right? It, it's the Dragon Ball C effect of yeah. I have to become the next level of Super Saiyan. I this is not enough. I have to train even harder. So that's definitely the biggest problem because then we're going to have like street level characters. Like we're going to have a Miss Marvel show. Her powers mm-hmm. are pretty weak compared to those kinds of things. We're going to have, you know, the Hawkeye Kate Bishop show. They're regular people with really good aim, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, or even, you know, think about black widow, right? Like that movie, there's, you know, it's going to be a really, it's going to be normal people that are really good at like killing other people. I don't care about that movie anymore. Uh, are you over it already? Before it even yeah, comes no, out? Br- just release it on Disney Plus and be done with it. Let's move on. 
Um, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a fantastic you know MCU movie, um, but you know as far as Disney holding it out and saying there has to be a reason they're doing it, right? Well, At this point, there's it's got it's got to set off a ton of other things, and that's the only reason I can see them sticking to this theatrical release. I, I saw a thing that suggested the reason they haven't done that is because if they don't release it theatrically, they're going to have to pay a lot of money to certain people um, because it's not being released theatrically, which is part right. of their contract, which is probably some truth to that, I'm sure. But I, with Disney being Disney, you can't. I can't think that that's going to really hurt their, their bottom pockets at all. No. But I mean, I, I I could see that. But like, if that's if that's the case, you just make it a day and date release on both theaters and you know VOD and right call call it a day. But I yeah, I'm just I'm uh, that film missed its mark already. Um, I think right. Wanda, I think people tuning in to see what Black Widow has to, has in store are already itching for the next thing. Um. And you know, the Black Widow film take uh, doesn't it take place between Infinity War and Endgame? I have no idea. I've I've literally avoided all reading about it at all because I I don't know when it takes place. I I I yeah I know nothing about it. I've literally because it's 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 non news like you said. It's right. it's just like it's here when it's here. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, what what are we uh what are we watching next week? We're going to watch Nomadland. It's available on Hulu, so watch it now and come listen to us talk about it next week. I don't either. So anyway, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with something new. Until then. Maybe. <laughs> See you. Yeah, maybe pilot, this pilot episode doesn't get picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Filmed in front of a live studio audience.